brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. When God has a message for the world, he speaks through the Jew. The prophets, the apostles, and the Son of God, they were all Jewish. And now, in these last days, God is once again speaking to the world through the Jew. It's the Christian Jew Hour, sponsored by the Christian Jew Foundation. And now, here's our associate Bible teacher, Wayne Carver. Greetings in the highest name under heaven, the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Let me welcome you to another broadcast of the Christian Jew Hour. Thank you for joining me by radio for another message from God's Holy Word. Today I'm bringing the third message in a series that I call, What Man Is. This is a study of total depravity as it's defined by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 verse 18 through chapter 2 verse 3. To open today's message, let me once again read Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 25. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. In verse 17, the Apostle Paul had written, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, that is, on the principle of faith to faith. As it is written, The just shall live by faith. Then in verse 18, he now speaks of the wrath of God. The revelation of the righteousness of God is needed in view of the revelation of his wrath, from which only God's righteousness, whether it be his justifying sentence, or the righteousness he bestows on man, can deliver. The word wrath is translated from the Greek orge. The same word is used to speak of God's wrath in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 7, and in both Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, and chapter 12 and verse 19. This word has been defined as a wrath of God who would not love good unless he hated evil, the two being inseparable, that he must do both or neither. It's this very word that's used speaking of our Lord when, after healing the man with the withered hand, he observed the hardness of the hearts of the Pharisees and looked upon them with anger in Mark chapter 3 and verse 5. Orgy is an anger which righteous men may not, not merely may, but as they are righteous, must feel. There can be no surer and sadder token of an utterly prostrate moral condition than the not being able to be angry with sin and sinners. Orge is God's personal emotion with regard to sin. It represents God's abhorrence and hatred of sin. 
orge is not punishment of sin, but rather God's attitude towards it. Ungodliness is translated from a Greek word that means lack of reverence toward God, impiety, irreligiousness. The word hold is translated from a word that means to hold down, to repress. The truth here is not the gospel, for all men do not possess a knowledge of it. The truth here is found in the context, the fact of a supreme being with divine attributes to whom worship and obedience are due. This truth being seen by all men through their observation of the created universe, the latter demanding a creator to answer for its existence. The human race, possessing this truth, yet holding it down in the sense of refusing to acknowledge its moral implications, then goes on in its sin. Verse 18 could be translated, For there is revealed God's wrath from heaven upon every lack of reverence and every unrighteousness of men who the truth in unrighteousness are holding down. In verse 9, Paul continues to write, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. God hath made it evident. Noah's father, Lamech, was for over 50 years a contemporary of Adam. Knowledge of God was held and imparted by oral communication from the beginning. The fact that the world that then was became so corrupt as to necessitate destruction only supports the awful account of man's continuing descent given here. Not only was the world bad under judgment at the time of the flood, but the world after Noah became such that God called out his own, from Abraham on, to a separate pilgrim life. Sodom and all the civilization of the Canaanites again filled up iniquity's measure and were sent away from off the face of the earth, according to Jeremiah chapter 28 and verse 16. Let me point out a tremendous truth to all who are within the sound of my voice. Complete, utter uncompromising abandonment of hope in man is the first preliminary to understanding or to preaching the gospel. Man likes to say, I'm not so bad. I can make amends. There are many people worse than I am. I might be better, but I might be worse. As long as an individual holds this attitude, he's hopeless. But notice, God's indictment is sweeping. It reaches all. Every individual is touched. Notice the words of Scripture. None righteous. All have sinned. There is no distinction. The first step of wisdom is to listen to the worst that God has to say about us. Always remember, God is the lover of all men, sinner though each one may be. You and I were born into this lost Adamic race. We have all these evil things innate in us. Apart from the grace of God, all things mentioned in our scripture passage are possible in every one of us. The heart is deceitful above all things, and is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only redemption by the blood of Christ, and regeneration by the Holy Spirit, affords hope to any individual in this world. The words, that which may be known, are translated from the Greek, togonostone. This expression is more accurately translated, that which is known. Paul uses the words to signify the universal objective knowledge of God as the Creator, which is, more or less, in all men. The word manifest is translated from the word that means apparent, evident, known. In them means in their hearts and conscience. God's power and the totality of the divine attributes constituting the divine nature are impressed on the natural mind by the creation itself, that is, by nature. 
there is that within man which so catches the meaning of all that is without as to issue in an instinctive knowledge of God. This knowledge involves duties, and men are without excuse because when in possession of it, they did not perform those duties. That is, they did not glorify as God the God whom they thus knew. Showed is from a word which means to make visible, manifest. God, through the light of the created universe, revealed himself as creator and God to the human race. Paul explains this in verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. The things which are invisible of God, namely his eternal power and Godhead, are clearly seen. What a paradox. Invisible things which are visible. This state of things has been true since the creation of the universe. The eternal power and Godhead of the Creator have been since that time and are now understood by the things that have been made, namely the material creation. Man, reasoning on the basis of the law of cause and effect, which law requires an adequate cause for every effect, is forced to the conclusion that such a tremendous effect as the universe demands a being of eternal power and of divine attributes. That being must be the deity who should be worshipped. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. We read in the 19th Psalm. But humanity today prefers the artificial world of television and of Hollywood's almost inconceivably rotten, filthy motion pictures. When we gaze at the moon, the planets, and the stars traveling in such quiet glory, beauty, and order, we may know, if we care to know, that an infinite God made and controls this. We are privileged to know even his eternal power and divinity. Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, connects the observing of the mighty and beautiful things of the universe with the consciousness of the existence of a personal God. Human science, through its telescope, observes the vast courses of the stars, moving with amazing accuracy in their orbits. But this same science often counts it a mark of wisdom to doubt whether an intelligent supreme being exists at all. But one of the greatest astronomers of them all, the great Kepler, said, The undevout astronomer is mad. No really great scientist today supports the Darwinian theory, and many, and some of the most prominent, scientific men are saying, there must be a God, a creator. So the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. One word in the original Greek is translated by four words in English. Things that are made is poema, and from this we get our word poem. Creation is God's great epic poem, and ever part fitted together like the lines and verses of a majestic hymn. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, we find the same Greek word again. We are his worksmanship, his poem, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This is God's greatest poem, the epic of redemption. God's two wondrous poems are celebrated in Revelation chapters 4 and 5. In chapter 4, the enthroned and crowned saints worship Christ as creator. In chapter 5, they adore him as redeemer. 
Paul's words declare that the things of God are clearly seen and understood by all who desire to see and understand. The heathen are guilty before God, whether they are evangelized or unevangelized. That is, all of them are guilty. In Paul's continuing verses, we will clearly see three reasons why we have heathen peoples in our modern world. Adam and Eve were the parents of all living. Mother Eve was the original mother of all living. Then, after the flood, Noah and his righteous family started again to repopulate the earth. Somewhere down the line, something happened that caused multiplied millions to be on earth today who have never heard the name of Jesus. We'll consider what that something was as we continue to follow Paul's words in this study series. But for now, I see that my time is gone. Join us on the next broadcast as we continue to see God's view of what man is. And now, beloved, before we close today's broadcast, let me remind you of how much we appreciate your prayers and your financial support of this ministry. These summer months are always difficult days for the Christian Jew Hour. Operating costs continue, but there's the vacation time drop in the gifts that we receive from God's people. We need your help to overcome this summer slump and to continue this ministry of the Word on your station. Won't you write us today, sending your offering for the work of the Lord? Any offering, great or small, is really appreciated, and it will go far toward the carrying on of this ministry. And when you write, I want to send you the latest issue of our paper, The Message of the Christian Jew, which contains a message this month entitled, What's Ahead for Egypt? Just address your letter to The Christian Jew Hour. That's The Christian Jew Hour. Post Office Box 345, Post Office Box 345, San Antonio, Texas. And our zip code is 78292. That's 782. Nine, two. Until our next broadcast, this is Wayne Carver saying goodbye, and may the Lord be precious to your heart. You're listening to KSKY 660 on your radio in Dallas, the 10,000-watt voice of the gospel for the great Southwest.